Did the Federal Reserve just admit the U.S. economy is in recession? Now, they've been back and forth all year. Think about earlier in the year during the banking panic. They said, oh, oh, this isn't going to be good. And all the Fed models came out and said, yeah, we think there's going to be a recession. And Jay Powell, well, he didn't disagree, but he didn't exactly go along with it either. And then the middle part of the year, the Fed models, what did they do? They said, no, we're wrong. There's not going to be a recession. Jay Powell had his press conference and he said, I told you, I never believed in that darn recession story to begin with. I was confident the economy was going to be strong and resilient. Well, just this week, the Fed came out with its beige book. And the beige book is, well, it's not one of the, one of the, one of the, the, the tools that most people look at because it tends to be a collection of anecdotes. And so unlike a quantitative data point, it's more of a feel about how the economy is going in each individual district, because that's what it is. It's really 12 different beige books put together in a single source. But what did this beige book for November of 2023 actually have in it? Well, we're going to have to do a little bit of a math, but here's what the beige book said. On balance, economic activity slowed since the previous report, with four districts reporting modest growth, two indicating conditions were flat to slightly down, and six noting slight declines in activity. Again, I'm not a mathologist, Mr. Stephen Van Meter, but by my calculations, what they just said were four of the 12 districts were moderate growth, two were slight to lower, and six were already experiencing declining activity. So that is 50% of the Fed's 12 districts, which means half the country is experiencing declines in activities. Two additional districts are experiencing maybe flat to declines in activity. So another calculation tells me that's two thirds of the country may be in contraction already. So let me pose that question to you, Steve. Did the Fed just admit we're in a recession? Well, Jeff, I mean, they certainly didn't admit we were in a soft landing because, well, if if we were seeing a soft landing, we should have the opposite of the report. We should see what two thirds of the district saying, hey, we're in a slight expansion. And maybe it'd be OK if a third of them were saying, hey, we're either flat or slightly contracting, because as we note, that not everything moves at the same time in the same place. I mean, different regions might have different experiences. For example, we know when the UAW went on strike, well, obviously, you're not going to see a expansion in the manufacturing sector there. So yeah, this, Jeff, this almost looks like what we've been saying is, hey, there's going to be a bounce here off of this downward trend in economic data, which we are seeing in the, we saw in the reports. And then if it starts to roll over, well, watch out below. And look, I think you've got this right. It looks like the Fed is starting to say in the anecdotes here that perhaps we are headed into recession. But don't tell that to Jay Powell. Well, I know I don't know. I mean, because some of the Fed speakers over the last week or so, they seem to have changed their tune too. Christopher Waller, who is a well-known hawk, who's been very much on the side of rate hikes, rate hikes, rate hikes, inflation pressures, inflation pressures. He comes out with a speech this past week that said, Hey, you know what? I think we saw something change in the economy. It was almost like he was reading from the beige book. He said we were we were hoping something would change because that would lead us into more thorough disinflation. So even Waller sees that something happened around September and October, like all the markets. And now he's thinking rate hikes, forget rate hikes. Maybe we should start thinking about some other tools, 
hire for longer. We're going to have to question that one as well. Maybe we don't want to go too far, especially in the in the terms that he put it with real rates. So even some of the Fed speakers, you know, that's I guess that's the point behind the beige book because they're telling you what they're seeing and what they're thinking. And if the beige book says two thirds of the economy might be contracting, we would expect two thirds of the policymakers to say, hey, maybe we shouldn't be so aggressive here. Yeah, Jeff, it's like we have two sides of the Fed here. We have the very public side that we see at the press conferences led by Jerome Powell saying, you know, we have to remain vigilant about bringing inflation down and we're going to do everything. And if we need to raise rates because you all won't stop consuming, well, we'll continue to do that and we'll do everything necessary. And then you get this other side, perhaps where you might see a central banker go to lunch with one of these members, you know, where they're getting the data from these antidotes and they're sitting there at lunch and they're going, dude, are you guys insane? You're killing business here. I'm gonna have to start laying off. I'm, my business is crashing. I've got no orders. I've got nothing. I've got high expenses. And so we're seeing kind of this dichotomy here now and I, and I think you've got it right when you're saying that I think some of these members are starting to lean because they're getting pressure from their constituents effectively. And granted, they're, they're not voted in office, so there's really no you know blowback here. But you go to enough meetings and you hear enough people saying, hey, look, you're destroying things here. We're, business is bad. Well, all of a sudden, you've got to listen. The problem is you've got on the other side is you've got your data dependency so you're kind of got a quagmire here where you're seeing that's why all of a sudden we get this waffling among the FOMC members all of a sudden because they're bowing to some of the pressure in their districts. Yeah, they definitely are feeling the heat here because we're getting we're getting information, we're getting confirmation, really corroboration from all over the place. It's not one thing or another. And I think that's one of the larger points you want to make here. If the Fed says, hey, by the way, we look like we're in a mild recession, that means that this, the situation must be serious enough if even they can see it, too. And that's what I'm saying. We're seeing lots of confirmation. And, you know, it's almost like, where do you want to start here? Uh, bond yields. There's a perfect example. Bond yields this week really moved a lot lower. Uh, as of Friday, the 10 year got below five th or 430 down to around 520 or 423, <laughs> 523. That's where the Fed would like it. 423, the two year, the two year, which you and I, Steve, we've been talking about that for how long now? That would be, that one had been in a range around 5% for quite some time, which just being in the range was already a warning saying, hey, the economy isn't actually going well. Higher for longer, more rate hikes. We don't see that happening. And now the two year is heading much lower. It broke below 460 to, uh, on Friday. So 460 on the two year. Rates around the world, Jap Japanese rates, those are going down too. So bond markets have already been saying something big is happening too. And now the Fed comes along and says, yeah, maybe we see it too, which that's pretty powerful confirmation. Not that we put too much, too much in what the Fed says or what they're saying, but if they see it too, what does that mean about how bad it must already be? Yeah, exactly, Jeff, because, you know, we should never listen to what the Fed says because they say, oh, we care about you know inflation or the consumer price index, or maybe we'll switch over to the personal consumption expenditures. And when that goalpost doesn't line up, well, well, it's really all about the core. And we heard that from Jay Powell today. Hey, you know, we really have to strip out food and energy costs here. But you talk about the two-year treasury yield. It's probably one of the most important data points that we actually have because 
it tells us where Fed policy is actually going to go. You can overlay the federal funds rate against the consumer price index, the PCE, the core versions of them, anything you want. And you can kind of make some vague correlations that maybe the Fed actually listens to consumer price index. Well, the reality is they don't. They watch that two-year treasury yield. That's what's making them nervous is yields are starting to fall. It's telling them right to their face, you have made a policy mistake and it's too late. The problem, Jeff, as you know, is the Fed looks at data that's so lagged that they can't come out at their next meeting in December and say, hey, you know what? We think it's time to cut rates because then everyone would question them. Well, wait a minute. The data doesn't support that yet. Well, that's the issue is they've got to wait for the data to confirm it. By the time the data confirms where yields are already telling us the economy is going, it's too late. Yeah, well, that's the thing. There is, there is confirmation. You're right, though. The mainstream statistics like next week's or this coming Friday's payroll report, I mean, I don't think it's going to show some shockingly horrible number. I don't think it's going to be great either. The household survey hasn't been good for a long time. But there, it's not like the Fed can say the unemployment rate went from 3.9 to 4.9 in a single month. Oh, okay, that, that's not going to happen. But we are getting lots of confirmation from all over the place, a variety of sources that do tell us, in addition to bond yields, that not only did the economy slow down into what looks like a recession, it seems as if the labor market did, in fact, crack. Sometime around September into October, and now November, it appears as if Something did actually happen. Steve, I know you love continued jobless claims. Initial claims, which, you know, we've been, we've been back and forth with initial claims all year. Initial claims are still low, but continued claims are no longer low. And they just surged to a, what, two-year high above 1.9 million. And the fact that continued claims are going up, that's already concerning. But how fast they've gone up here, that really stopped. Okay, that's that's one of those things that you put with the beige book and say, okay, bond deals, beige book. The Fed can see it. They're talking about layoffs. Uh, there's, there's more than just a slowdown into a soft landing. It's getting really concerning and serious here. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. I think continuing claims hit like 1.93 million. I mean, and this is a real issue. And something I, you know, we talk about all the time is in an economy, you need people to spend money. And one of the problems is when people go on unemployment, well, obviously you have food, you have energy, you have rent, and you have those things that you're going to pay no matter what. Now, we know that energy costs, you know, OPEC Plus has been trying to drive prices higher, and that's been a problem. It's not worked, but nevertheless, that's what they're trying to do. Look at it from the consumer's perspective. If I go on unemployment and I've got a lot of debt on top of high food, energy, and rent prices, well, that leaves less discretionary spending. Then you turn over and look at the factory sector, or in this case, we can look at the beige book, right, and say, hey, wait a minute. Half of the district are saying, hey, they've got a little bit of a slowdown here. Hmm, what a surprise. It kind of actually matters if people have less money to spend and they can't charge more on their credit cards because, well, the banks aren't going to extend their limits. Well, they have to start spending less. It backfeeds to the manufacturing sector. And all of course, then, of course, with a lag to the services sector, that less spending leads to, as we know, more unemployment claims. And so the system just starts to snowball on itself. But, you know, I think my point here, Jeff, is the Powell couldn't come out and just say what you said. Hey, we looked at the beige book and we looked at, you know, continuing claims. And we think that's a reason to cut rates because that would be such a mass deviation from his normal rhetoric. He can't do it. So in a sense, this is where we watch that they get boxed into their own stuff and can't find a way out until it's too late. 
Yes, I mean, Powell just said two months ago, two months, three months ago, whatever it was, I don't, I never believed in recession. I was always for the soft landing. So yeah, he's boxed himself in, right? But I think that the snowball really becomes a, it goes, it's nonlinear. It comes from, it starts as a little snowball and becomes a huge snowball really fast. And it's, it's, you're exactly right, Steve. It's, it's the spending part, but it's not just the layoffs. It's you get a few layoffs and that has a much bigger impact on the wider labor market because you're at your job and you think, oh, the company just announced a few layoffs. Even though I survived, even though I'm still here, I might start tightening my belt a little bit here because I'm not, I'm not, I'm a little nervous. First of all, I know I'm not going to get a raise. Second of all, if I wanted to leave, I might not find another job, which is what continuing claims are telling us. So I'm kind of stuck where I am and where I am starts to get increasingly questionable. So I'm going to tighten my belt a little bit. And Steve, let me ask you that question. Haven't we seen that in the Black Friday numbers? Because some of the consumer spending figures that have come out related to Black Friday. Yes, we know Black Friday isn't what it used to be, but it is still a reasonable gauge on where consumers are. And some of the statistics have been, well, they've been trying to put a positive spin on them, but they really haven't been good. And let me throw one out here. Um, this is from the National Re Re Retailer Fe Federation or NRF. They didn't estimate total spending, but they estimated the amount of shoppers per shopper on the Black Friday weekend, not just Black Friday, but the Black Friday weekend. They said it was about $321.41 on holiday-related purchases over the weekend. And then they said, well, that wasn't too bad because in 2022, during the same weekend, it was $325.44. Now, again, I'm not a mathologist here, but $325.44 in 22 is more than the 321.41. And by the way, that 321.41 does not account for price changes. So it seems to me that we're seeing in a holiday spending already the same type of thing that we're reading about in the beige book. Something has indeed changed. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. And this is kind of interesting. You, you bring up the people that keep their jobs as other people go. And, you know, there's something that almost nobody looks at. And I know you and I do. It's labor force productivity. And this is really interesting because you'll see that there's this inverse relationship, right? Productivity goes up as inflation way goes up. down. It goes way up. It's like, yeah. hey, I better stop going on the internet. <laughs> right, it's exactly. It. It's like, I better stop screwing around at work because they're laying people off. So I better start hustling. And the, the game is simple. If I can just outwork the next person in line, maybe I keep my job. And so you see this kind of interesting relationship, which is quite hilarious. And then you kind of pin that to the next, like you said, the Black Friday data. It's obviously disinflationary in a big way. But then again, you look at employees, they're going to see a slowdown and you start looking around and say, okay, there's five of us and there's not going to be five of us here in a couple of months. I just got to outwork the, the slowest or the worst performers. Next thing you know, that's everything that starts to change. You see that crack in labor market. We're seeing the consumers don't have the money they used to during the pandemic. We know that they're credit cards. We don't know for sure that they're at the limit yet, but we have some anecdotal data that suggests that perhaps they're near that limit. And then, like you said, the other factor is belt tightening, right? If you start seeing other people getting laid off or maybe your friends or family members like, wait a minute here, um, maybe we need to start paying down that credit card a little bit or some of these other expenses and get them in line just in case I'm next. Because as you said, there's no option to pivot, nowhere to jump to because, well, that place is probably laying off as well. 
Let's throw another data point on there. Again, the layoffs, the, the uh, potential jobs market here, that was the ISM manufacturing survey. Now, the ISM has been saying all year, companies are getting to that point where they're going to have to make a decision. New orders were not coming in. They're, they're continuing to contract. Backlogs are being worked through. And eventually they would say, all right, what are we going to do with all these workers? And according to the ISM's numbers, it's just like the continued claims and everything else we're talking about. They said panelist companies slightly reduced month-over-month production and took more actions to reduce headcounts, primarily using layoffs and attrition. Demand remains soft, and production execution is slightly down compared to October as panelist companies continue to manage outputs, material inputs, and they put this in here, more aggressively labor costs. So it's not one thing or another. The Fed, yeah, okay, we start, the Fed admits that we're in a recession, but we kind of knew that already. Bond markets were telling us, the oil markets were telling us, the fact that OPEC feels it has to continue to cut production, well, they're cutting production because demand is already falling. If they don't cut production, oil prices are going to go where bond yields are. But really the point here is it's gotten to the point where it's in the labor market to such an extent even the Federal Reserve is writing it up in its base book, even though it's not shouting it from the rooftops. Hey, we're in a recession. Jay Powell's at the next conference is going to say so. That's the implication here. And it's not one thing or another. Even the Fed show, shows it. Yeah, Jeff. And But the, from the Fed's perspective here, from Jay Powell's, he's going to say in a meeting or two, he's going to come out and be like, hey, you know what? Things are softening a bit. And all we need is one little cut, maybe Maybe a second. Just, you know what? We, we, we just need to fine tune the machine now. We got inflation where we want, or, you know, we, we're on the path. We're seeing a little too much softness, but just a little bit of a tweak. But as you and I know, that it does, it's meaningless. Once the Fed starts to cut, it'll be a race to the bottom because it all comes down to the labor market. When you're looking at the factory level, and this is so critical, a, a factory can deal with a decline in new orders, particularly if they have a huge backlog, because you just reposition your workers and say, okay, look, instead of new orders, because we don't have many, we're going to focus on all these backlogs. What the hope is, is that the mythical soft landing occurs. And by the time you eat through most of your backlogs, you've got, hey, there's a whole bunch of new orders coming in. And even if there's a little bit of a lull in between, you say, hey, you know what? I've got enough new orders. We can keep everyone on the payroll. The problem right now is the backlogs are almost gone and there are no new orders. And all of a sudden, managers are looking around seeing a lot of idle workers, well, going into the close of the fourth quarter. They're not going to be a lot of idle workers standing around because they're going to be at home. As you're, you're right, Steve, those idle workers are looking, trying to look very productive at the very at the moment, as is, you know, the Federal Reserve with its beige book of all things here. Yes, the Fed, I think, admitted that we're in recession because, Captain Obvious, it seems to be all over the place. For more relevant and up-to-date economic data in the United States rather than the GDP report for the third quarter, check out my video on the last payroll report. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Huge thank you, your Dollar University subscribers and our members, some of whom you see over here. Until next time, take care.